You are welcome to another episode of the SNC Podcast. I am Shade Anuzie. Today I have with me singer-songwriter Jessica Bongos. Jessica is an Abuja-based independent artist. She started singing with her father, Bongos Ikwe, in 2006 by recording backing vocals on a few of his songs. In 2013, she broke out on her own as a solo singer and released her debut single titled You Left Me. In 2014, she released her EP on Scape. She describes her sound as neo-pop soul. She's currently working on her debut album, which will be released before the end of the year. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So how's everything going? We're here. We thank God. That's a typical Nigerian response. <laughs> we thank God. So what have you been up to yeah. today? Um, A lot of responding to emails, trying to... You know, I'm trying to release my album next mm-hmm. month. Oh, okay. I was trying to do uh, sort out the digital distribution and all of that. Oh, that's exciting yeah. slash stressful. <laughs> yeah. But is we that, do is it because we love going, it. Yeah, is it going okay? We can't, we can't complain that we're stressed. Oh, yeah, of course. No, I'm just I'm just teasing. You know, with the whole situation that lots of Nigerian artists complain about distribution and digital distribution a lot of times. So that's I was just I was just teasing you. So how how do you manage that? You know, it must be quite challenging. Definitely. It is. But um, it's a full time job. <laughs> so that's what I spend my time doing. But I've been looking for a manager. I just haven't been able to find one. Mm. Hopefully soon enough. I'll find one. Well, yeah, it's been okay. It's been okay. It's not like I had anything else to do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and after all, it is your career. So if no one's going to be invested in it, you have to be the one who's pushing it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I hope that you find a manager soon. Just make you, well, at least it'll give you more free time to focus on the creative side of your um your, your business and let the people handle yeah. the business side. So. Good luck with that. But I can't even. I, I empathize with you on having to do all of that. That was really. That was really stressful. Okay, so we know you clearly as Jessica Bongos, and you are based in Abuja. Yeah. Okay, so can you talk a bit a bit more about your background? Okay. Um, my name is Jessica Bongos Ikwe. I was born in Lagos. Grew up in Lagos. Went to primary school in Lagos. Secondary school, Corona, um, in Agbara, Ogun State. Um, then I went to University of Liverpool. I have a degree in, in oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember. Should, what should, I, should I remind is. you what your degree is? Because based on what I read, your degree is um, in, well, apparently you have, a, you have a bachelor's in international development. Yes, and a master's in leisure events. 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 What made you say you wanted to have your major as international international development? Okay, long story, but I'll try and cut it short. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do so many things. So when I was in secondary school, I was in science class, and I just felt it would be right to do something in the sciences in university. So I went and I signed up for industrial chemistry. So the first semester of university in Liverpool, I was doing industrial chemistry and it was not bad, but I was bored. I was like really bored. We were in the lab all day trying to figure out chemical reactions and mixing things. I don't remember anything, but yeah, that's what we're doing. And it was more, it was more expensive as an international student to do a science course. 
So I just thought, I don't think I'm going to use this thing. And I didn't want to, I don't want, I don't want my parents to have to pay that much. So I literally went to a counselor in university and asked her, what do you think I could do? Like, I had no idea. So she gave me a book, a big book that had all the different courses and said, just have a look. And I literally, I'm not lying, this is the true story. I literally did eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Father has a donkey. <laughs> and then whatever I landed on was what I decided to do. And I landed on international development and I did it throughout my university. I have no words because I, if I was your parent, clearly I would be wringing you by the neck. <laughs> you know? Go ahead. I know, but I had to go to school. And I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. And I was not allowed to drop out of school to try and figure out my life. Yeah. So I said, international development seemed more, um, it felt more real. Like, okay, I could come out and get a real job. Industrial chemistry, I didn't. I, I wasn't sure what I could do with industrial chemistry, to be honest. I wasn't trying to become a scientist or, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. enjoy the course. But I wish, honestly, even though no, no knowledge is lost, I honestly wish that I had known that I would be doing music at the age of 16, right after secondary school, I would have gone straight to music school, if I had known Yeah. that music option, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, no, no, not yeah, no knowledge is lost, but I think a lot of time maybe hindsight is always like fifty-fifty. Like you said, if you if you had known that that was something that you wanted to, you were going to be doing eventually with professionally, then you would have taken a different route. But you know, you'll be surprised how I feel like life is so weird. Like the ability for us as human beings to be able to connect the dots with our lives. On our journey, so you never know when international development can come in handy. Maybe eventually you could become uh, an ambassador for the UN. Who knows? You never know, you know. And then your master's is in leisure events and facilities. Why did you choose that one now? (laughs) (laughs) Not any mini money, my first. No, no, no. I'd actually come back home after my first degree and I'd done my NYSC and uh, decided I wanted to go back and get a master's. And events management is something that I've always been interested in. Um, I actually see myself using it. I already started doing things with events management, but mostly providing entertainment for events. So um, just little things like open mics and just setting things up for people's events, trying to bring unique um, creative art into their events. So that didn't go to waste, thank goodness. <laughs> God be free. <laughs> that, that's cool that's cool and um i mean we cannot not talk about your dad and for people who are listening jessica's dad is the legendary bongos Ikwe of bongos Ikwe and the groovy fame yeah yeah so i just wanted to know <laughs> if you could just talk to us about what it was i'm sure you've probably gotten this question so many times that you're like really yo but i would just uh, sorry so one time I, went, I said one time i went on an interview to promote my ep they gave me a whole hour 15 minutes was about my dad they played his music for 15 minutes radio yeah. station and you're like this is about <laughs> me <laughs> Wow, guys, seriously. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I wanted to get that out of the way so we can focus on you. But he is part of the catalyst for you being interested in music, right? Of course. Yeah. So just talk about he's talk like about. Not, he's like not part of it. He's probably like the major reason. If I didn't grow up with my dad as my dad, I probably wouldn't know music as I know music. I wouldn't appreciate it. I wouldn't understand it. He's the reason why. 
he must be <laughs> the reason why I love music as much as I love music. And my house was a very, it was just music 24-7 growing up. That's all I remember is music. If he wasn't playing his guitar and singing and making up songs on the spot and forcing us to sing with him, it was just music playing everywhere, every day. You know, so there's no way. Even if I couldn't sing or I had no abilities in music, I would still love music so much just because of him, yeah. for sure. So he's my, he's my biggest inspiration. That's awesome. And when you told him, when you told him that you wanted to make music a full-time career or take music professionally, what did he say? We never had that discussion. It just sort of happened because he was the reason why I even decided to do music because when he was recording an album about 11 years ago, he asked me to come and record some backing vocals for him. So that was my first studio experience. And I enjoyed it. And I thought, oh, this is actually not bad. And then he uh, he kept asking me, my sister and I, to come and we would record and record. We did, we recorded for him for over a year. And then when he would get live events um, to perform at, he would ask us to come on stage with him and do backup for him. So that's how I started growing my experience and then I thought okay maybe I could do this thing even though of course I was very comfortable with back <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to come out and be in the front but it, it made me um decide to actually do it. So I didn't really tell it we didn't have like a round the table discussion like oh my God this is what I'm gonna do now. It just sort of happened I wrote a song recorded they sent it to him what do you think? And he was like oh it's cool you know so I said okay I think I'm gonna release this. At the time I was a caterer, a full-time caterer, so I wasn't a musician. I was just seeing how things go, mm-hmm. and then song out, and it didn't do too badly. And then I started doing recording more. I started performing, and then I got so busy that it had to become a full-time job. So I slowly transitioned from catering to music. Okay. Yeah, but his his about it he's been supporting my mom oh my gosh my mom's like my biggest fan Aww. very supportive my parents are very supportive. but it'd be weird if he was right because he's a musician he mm. he actually dropped out of school <laughs> to, to become a musician so he couldn't have had a problem with it yeah um i wanted to ask something and i wanted to get your perspective so maybe you can maybe to shed some more light when you are even even if you're the I guess the back, singing backup for an artist or if you're the main artist what is it that you observe when you're singing on stage when you look out into the audience as a main uh, like a headliner or not headliner but like the main artist mm-hmm. or the lead, lead singer sorry yeah. I was so nervous that I did not notice anything it was like I saw literally blank like you know how you just zone out mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to get over and done with and run off stage. So I really, it was like a blur when I was done. But now, because, (laughs) thank God, I'm more comfortable on stage, I look for that one person who's smiling at me and I just focus on them and I think, yes, who's happy to be there, (laughs) who's paying attention (laughs) to you. Who's happy to see the other people there? You know, because I mean, I I I, I always wanted to know for artists because sometimes you watch some performances and 
you know, especially for people who pay to go or attend an event, I always wonder, I'm like, you're, you, you literally most likely paid money to come there. So why are you not interacting when the artist says, clap your hands, you know, stand up and down, you know, go ahead. No, I said, oh, yeah, like on your phone 24-7, or you're not paying it. Like, the type of music that I do, my music is kind of lyric heavy. It's not, um... It's not really party music, so mm-hmm. for you to actually appreciate my music, you have to pay attention. Yeah. So if your phone, or you don't even care to even look at who, because the person is not big or the person hasn't blown, you're not bothered to enjoy the music, you know. But I, I, I decided that it's not, it's not. I try not to focus on that. I try to just make people enjoy the experience. So it's not about me. I just remove myself from the equation, and when you do that. You don't get nervous because it's like a self-absorbed thing if you're thinking about yourself mm. and how nervous you are. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to mess up my lyrics. I don't want to do this. I don't want to fall on my face, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But when you remove yourself and you think about the people that have come to see you, they want to have a good experience. If you're nervous, if you're uncomfortable, they get uncomfortable as well. So just enjoy the moment, enjoy the five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever time you have on stage and just try and connect with them. And I think you get the best experience from there. Very, very true. Because people definitely read off for vibes, you know, so an energy. So if you, like you said, if you're coming, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, as an upcoming artist or even like your first time singing on stage or even speaking on stage, definitely you're going to be extremely extremely nervous and then as you get better and you become more comfortable then you know the butterflies become less intense like it would have been on the first day that you um were singing or speaking now let's go on to you talked about the fact that you released your first song that you sent to your dad in 2013 and that song was called you left me so if you could just speak a bit more about what was the impetus to now say you know what like you said, you had been singing backup, backup vocals for your dad for the longest time. I, what, I, what, what was the turning point for you that just said, you know, I'm going to release a single, record it, and put it out there? Um, if I'm being honest with you, I didn't think I, I could sing. I didn't think I was a good singer. Why? So, um, I just didn't, my voice, I thought my voice was strange. I thought my voice was, my speaking voice is completely different from <laughs> my singing voice. My singing voice is deep. Very raspy. <laughs> Yes. So I just thought, I just, I wasn't sure because, you know, sometimes even up till today, I, I hear some women singing and I just feel like, oh God, just give me, you know, that smooth, buttery, silky, like how a woman sounds, <laughs> you know? So I just thought, I don't know if I can sing guys. I mean, Nigeria, Nigerian people, they can, you know, now they're just dissing you. So I just like, Ma'am, no, let me just do what I know how to do. I was actually doing the catering business was going really well. But when my dad kept on pushing and saying, you know, you have something, I think you should should explore it. Just try it, you know, just try. Back in vocals, you don't really get to hear the person's voice. So my rest, whatever, my voice wasn't really being highlighted. So um I decided to record that song. I went to meet my producer and I was very nervous when I went to meet because I was like, what if this guy thinks I can't sing? And he's like, what are you doing in my studio? You have no talent. Leave now. <laughs> but he was impressed with the song and we recorded it like in three days we were done. And I think the real turning point honestly was I turned 30 then. I turned 30 and when, I, when you turn 30 something happens, but at least for me I was like, what am I doing? If I 
have something and it's God-giving, I don't think God will be pleased if I don't use it for something. You know, so I said, I think I need to really, really think about this thing and focus on it. And if I can write a song, my first song at 30, then, I mean, I haven't lost it. You know, so I, I just, um, I think turning 30 is what happened. Yes, that was a turning point for me. Okay. Um, um, it, made me um, it, it made you say you need to just do what you need to do because... Yeah, is it when I'm 50 that I'm going to release my first album? How much time do I have? you know yeah and then the inspiration behind you left me was that personal or it's just you writing a story it wasn't personal thank god it was actually because by the third year my mother had already started sending my astrology to her friend so no but it was a friend a friend of mine had gone to it so i drew inspiration from her experience okay did you play for did you play for said friend no, I didn't actually. Oh, does it we know? We were close when we had. Oh. Uh, no, we didn't. Um, she heard it, but we never talked about it. Oh, I see. Okay. I've always, I, I think, I think, I, I think, I always fantasize that you know, one, some, some, one, one of my friends is going to write a song about me, and that song is going to be huge, and you're going, I'm going to be yeah. their muse, and I'm, just, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's one of my to do list in this lifetime. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you imagine your story? inspiration for a hit song i know you know what i mean so it's like i mean i've always known i've been amused to people but this is awesome so, <laughs> self delusions <laughs> All right, <that's> <laughs> maybe we should talk more me and you so i might get some inspiration from your personal stories and write you a song uh-huh. you know and then you mentioned me specifically give me shots actually thank you for being my muse uh-huh. good don't 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 mention one random gift i have a name Shadi Anuzi. thank you thank you all right <laughs> Okay, so in July 2014, you released more about like an EP. Um, it was called yeah. Unscathed, mm-hmm. and it was produced by Atalano, and it had um, singles such as Walking Away, The Friend Zone, You Left Me, Never Said Thank You, Man and Man, which is actually a cover of your dad's um, song, and you had a piano yeah. cover of Labyrinth's Jealous. Okay, yeah. Now, yeah. The Labyrinth... Go ahead. Yeah, Labyrinth's Jealous cover was separate from the EP. I just took that out because Finlet wanted was doing a cover album for Valentine's Day, so they asked me to record that. Oh, I see, I see. Oh, yeah, and for people who do not know, in 2016, Finlet mentioned Jessica as Sounds of 2016. I wanted to, I wanted to, did that, did that draw more attention or cause more people to pay attention to you? I don't know. I didn't get that uh, effect from it. It was really cool because I got that recognition around the time when I was thinking, okay, I think I'm done with this music thing. So, uh, yeah, so it really <laughs> it helped me stay encouraged. Yeah. But I don't really, maybe did, I'm not sure. Oh, no, it's fine. Like, I, that was just, you know, a lot of times, like, as, a, as an artist, when people feature in a publication, people sometimes who are unbelievers or people who are supporters, that makes them want to support you more. But even if it doesn't, even if that's not the case, in the other case, like you said, you may be going through a really rough time and just seeing that. I guess bright light just makes you say, okay, this is actually worth it. I'm going to keep on pushing. So I'm glad that it was able to cause you to stay and we're able to have this interview today. So, Thank you. yeah, so going back to um, your EP on Scathe, you have worked with Atalana for the majority of your career. What is it about, first of all, talk about how you even met him and what is it about him that makes 
recording and just collaborating such a very seamless process? Um, I met Atta at a, oh, I don't know if you know Laulu, Laulu Shebanjo. Yeah, yeah, who does the face paint? Yes. So Laulu had an event called Laulu and Friends in Abuja in 2013. Laulu plays guitar and sings as well, right? So it was Laulu's event, but he had invited some friends to perform as well. And I thought I was one of the performers, so I heard him perform there. And then realized he was the one who produced for Lindsay mm-hmm. Abuja. Mm-hmm. I loved her EP at the time. And we kind of have similar taste in music. So I said, okay. I uh, went up to meet him at the end of the event and I introduced myself. And I said, I really want to work with you. So we changed numbers. And uh, during our first meeting, when I presented, you left me to him. We vibed. The way we vibed there, I can't even explain. Like, Atat is, with production, you have to find somebody who understands your your vision for the project who um, understands the type of music that you're trying to make. And Atta is a real musician. Atta plays, on my songs, he plays bass, he plays drums, he plays piano, he plays guitar. He, I think he was a, he studied classical jazz piano at some point in his life. Mm-hmm. Like, he just gets it. So the chemistry was intense. And I haven't found anybody else yet that I've been able to click with. So I've just... <laughs> Yeah, it's like, man, you're stuck with me for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just the fact that he's a very talented, um, I guess, all around musician just makes makes the process easier for you. Because like you said, you want someone who really believes in your vision. And a lot of artists, that is something that they always want a producer who gets it, not someone who's just trying to force a sound or, um, I guess, change. yeah, change your, exactly, change you. With him, it's not difficult explaining what I want. He just gets it immediately. Or sometimes I just say, I start singing a, a song and he says, okay, I think this song has a current Bailey Ray vibe. Let's go with that. You know, so for him to understand exactly what I was thinking is, man, I haven't. I met somebody else recently, Tay Iwa. Okay, Tay so Tay produced the intro for my, al- my album that I'm about to release. And he also mastered the whole album. Hey, is ridiculously talented as well. Yeah, so, yeah. yes, thank God I found someone else. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really awesome. Happy for you, Because, again, that's, not everybody has that opportunity or has that blessing. So, more priority on that. Now, I just wanted to quickly talk about the songs on, on Scape Eve. So, how did you come about crafting those songs and deciding what songs we're going to get on the ep so for example like i said you have walking away the friend zone you left me never said thank you and man and man now let's start with man and man which is a cover of your dad's song what made you say you want to cover that song um my dad had a lot of songs that were hit back in the day right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh those songs and other songs with the strong stronger messages he has some songs that are so philosophical, so deep, with messages that are still relevant today. And to me, Man and Man was one of them. And I just wanted people to hear songs that didn't make it to be, you know, the more popular songs back then. That was one of the reasons why I recorded Man and Man.
answers, the answers to the questions I find embarrassing. Is there anyone? Is there someone? Is there dad heard the man and man cover what did he say he really liked it he really liked it he said he preferred it to his version oh that's so sweet that's <laughs> a bad thing to say <laughs> <laughs> i was surprised though i was like what you mean i pulled it off <laughs> that's so cool well, did you find it in tim even though like you said you oh you had your dad has had hits like you rightly said and you picked that one in particular was there a level of apprehension, like, oh, my gosh, if I don't do this song justice, people are going to say I'm whack, or even my dad may say this is not really good? Of course. I think that's like a natural instinct. So I was trying to prove to him that I can do a song and I can do it well. Yeah. You know? So when he heard it the first time, I was scared. My heart was beating. <laughs> I was like, what's he going to What's he thinking? Yeah, but it worked out. That's so thank God. Yeah. Any plans to collaborate with him? <sighs> yeah, so I, I I initially didn't want to do more like a tribute album where it would be a collaborative album but not with him, like other people. Oh so you know, his other songs. celebrities. Yes. So I'll be on all the songs but I'll feature people oh, on some of the songs. That would be so cool. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to see I can see some people like to say to say to me Doma, to say I think is a fan, big fan of my dad. People like that, you know, to feature on the album. But I'm gonna start working on that one very soon. Okay. Very soon. Oh, that was but with nice. this one, I have more. I have to give them more of the songs that they know. You know, the popular songs. Mm-hmm. 
for people who are listening, um, Jessica's dad had hit songs such as Cock Crow at Dawn, Still Searching, Amen. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Otachikwoko. <laughs> I hope I'm pronouncing it. <laughs> Otachikwoko. Did I, did, I did I get it? Yes, yeah, okay. well done. Okay, cool. So yeah, <laughs> so um, so that so, so that was your inspiration for Man on Man. And then what about Walking Away? How did that how did that get put together? Walking Away, ah uh, man, that was personal. Walking Away, you know when you've just been in a position or relationship for a while, and it's like yeah, doing the best me favor, but you're hurting yourself. Mm. It didn't make me the song was a real song like I'm just done and I'm leaving so that was easy to write <laughs> walking away with my head high I gotta live now with a little bit of my pride I won't lie I feel a little bit silly friends and family they also ride through you but I was blinded by your sweet love and those eyes and your charm. But now it's clear to me. Oh, it's time to go. Don't worry, baby. When others change my welcome, I'm sure I need it somewhere else. Oh, it's time to go. Don't worry, baby. Should I listen when everyone warned me? But I laughed and said they knew nothing about my man. Until the day you called me Carmen. Or was it for me? Or Anna? Or Nessuchi? I don't remember now. Cause you did it too many times. If it wasn't that. It was some lipstick on your shirt Oh, it's time to go Don't worry, baby Won't overstay my welcome I'm sure I need it somewhere else Oh, it's time to go Don't worry, baby Won't overstay my welcome I'm sure I Was it easy and hard at the same time? Easy because I didn't have to identification. The songwriting process was easy. Um, I didn't have to make anything up. But hard because I was living in it at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was being vulnerable. And nobody wants to be, especially if you're a private person. But I've realized now that as an artist, you can't really, if you want to be true, you can't be private. You have to let it all out for so your music to to reach people and connect with people. So yeah, it was easy and hard actually. Yeah. I never really thought about 
I just, this was actually, I had the song in my sleep. Was it in my sleep? I hear a lot of songs in my sleep. And then I just look at Jesus and say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and then I, I pick up my phone and record it into my voice memo. But walking away came to me in the bathroom, shower. So I literally ran out of the top and recorded it into my voice memo and I sent it to Asana. I said, I'm going to come to the studio. I have a song. I was really excited. But yeah, it was an easy song for me. Friend Zone was easy as well because I've been in the friend zone for like my whole entire life. <laughs> 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 okay, has, has 2017 changed that in any way? Uh, unfortunately, no. But I'm not saying that song again because I want to only speak positive words into okay. my life. Mm-hmm. But for real though, I'm still in the friend zone. I don't understand what it is that I'm doing wrong. But everybody just wants to be my friend. Like, oh, you're like a sister to me. Oh, like, I don't get it. You're not my brother. You're not my cousin. When I own family friends, where, how, when do, when do we become brother and sister? So I want to understand, how's your, how's your flirting game? Like, do you, are you clear as to... Are you, are you not, 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 not necessarily like indirect, but are you like pretty clear that the person actually knows that you like them? How are you going to know though? I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to tell you. Why? Am I supposed to? I'm so old school. If I'm not sure that you like me, I'm not going to say, hey, I like you. Like, I don't know. No, no, what I mean is like, yeah, so I, I think maybe I was misunderstanding, like, the, 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 does the person also like you? They, they like me as a friend. So, oh. okay. It's usually a kid of, like, I, I hardly ever meet guys who meet me from, from the get-go and just want to toast me, quote-unquote. It's usually, oh, she's so cool, I want to hang out with her, and then be hanging out with on for years and years and years. And then after, <laughs> after a while, you're like, oh, I love you so much. I love you too much to hurt you. You know, you're like the most amazing woman in the world. Like, I, God forbid that I'm the one who's going to hurt you, you know? Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's okay. It's okay. I look forward to talking to you some other time. And you're like, Shadi, it's not even about, it's not, it's not, it's not even about breaking through the friend zone. It's just finding the right person. And it's okay. I feel like it's okay to be in the friend zone. Maybe it's not really just meant to be. So don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, like- Sorry? <laughs> They're all married now. Oh, they're also oh, you see there, huh? You know, don't worry, don't worry. Your own, your own, um, your own Mr. Right is coming, and you'll no longer be the friend zone. <laughs> and what about never said, never said thank you? What was the inspiration behind that? That was another real song for me. Um, you know how sometimes I think it's easy to take um people for granted when they treat you well. Very true. It's it's a different expectation to have. Expect that people should treat you well, but sometimes you get carried away and you just never let them know that you're thankful for, you know, how they how they treat you, you know. So that was um, that was what never said thank you was about. Was it was it because someone was treating you in a particular way, or just something that you saw? No, it was it was personal for me. Okay. It was personal for me. It was just I needed being appreciative, you know, of love. Yeah. But I feel like I always tell people that we, a lot of times as human beings, we tend to appreciate people when they're gone or when they're dead. And it's like, but the person was alive and uh, alive and well with you and you never said anything. So I'm such a mushy person, very mushy in relationships anyway, very mushy, very emotional. So um, there was a time when, like I'm the type of person who would send little notes every morning, like to you just say, oh. Thank you, thank you, or I love you, or whatever. But there was a time when I felt like 
I was being taken for granted because I was so nice and I was so giving and I would bend over backwards, you know. So I, I thought, okay, you know what, just pull it down a little bit and just chill. So I wasn't I wasn't a very nice person. I was well not like I wasn't a very nice person, but I was trying to be all gangster. You're not being true to yourself. I'm not going to wear my heart exactly. I'm not going to wear my heart on my sleeve anymore. But then I now met this amazing person who was so lovely to me. But then I wasn't doing that anymore because I just didn't want him to take you for granted, you know. And then I, I think, like, in the middle of the relationship, I was like, okay, this isn't fair. This person is actually a lovely person. I should give back what he's giving me. So that's when I wrote the song. I see. I see. Jessica, don't worry. I've been there. I feel you. Exactly what you just said. I've been there. I... I totally know what you mean. I totally know what you mean, you know. But God bless you with the right yeah. person. to your most recent single which is Mr. Macho Man and that was also yeah. produced by Atalano and the song based on what I read it talk, touched on the issue of domestic violence and it said that it was speaking directly to the person who was abusing your friend so you could talk about that a bit more okay Mr. Macho Man well the first line of on the first lines of the song I am begging you, leave my friend alone. Mm-hmm. You better make up your mind, I'll make it for you. Today you give her flowers, tomorrow you throw a punch. Give her back eyes, she says she fell down the stairs. So clearly I was singing to the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine went through a really bad um, marriage where she was getting beat almost every day. And she told me about it after she ran away. And basically it inspired the song. Just, I don't know how it even came to me, but yeah.
I want to just get your thoughts. This is like a side outside of music, just because the song is about domestic violence. What are your thoughts on women who tend to always place the blame on victims of domestic violence, especially women who say, "Oh, maybe if you're a woman, maybe if you didn't talk too much, maybe if you didn't provoke the person." What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are there is no justification for a man who is physically strong enough to hit a woman. My thoughts are. There's no justification for any form of violence at all. Man against man, man against woman, woman against woman. End of story. No, I agree. I agree. It's just always, it's just always very troubling. But I remember that when I heard the song, I was like, oh, I wanted to make sure I did ask you what your thoughts were on that. Your friend, is she now in a better place and um, more, I guess? She is. That's good. She is, yeah. That's Thank good. <laughs> so now let's go on to your album, which you said is going to be released next month. Next month, meaning uh, October? Or November. October. October. Okay. Happy, first of all, happy early Independence Day. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> all right. So, speaking so going to album, like you said, like you're releasing it um in October, which is actually starting tomorrow. Talk about the producers yeah. that you are working with. You talked about Te Iwa, who mixed and um mixed and mastered, I guess, and did the intro, and also Atalano is probably going to be on the project, right? Clearly, I'm obsessed with Atalano now. <laughs> Atta produced the album. Oh, awesome. Tay produced and mixed the album. Atta produced and mixed the album. Tay produced the first track, which is the intro, and he mastered the album. Okay, so how many songs? So I have 12, 12, 12 tracks. And then what, is, in terms of the sound that you're going for, are you experimenting or are you sticking to neo-pop soul? And by the way, yeah, Jessica's sound is more neo-pop soul. So is that what you're sticking to or are you trying to experiment with different sounds? Uh, the album is definitely very eclectic. It's a mix of different sounds. I don't want to put myself in a box when it comes to music. I don't want people to be surprised if they hear me do a certain type of genre because they think that I'm just a soul singer or a new soul singer. So it's a, it's a mix of different things. But the core of the album is definitely soul. Okay. So it's still a full album, but it's a it's a mix of different things. There's a highlight song on there. Oh, nice. Yeah. And there's it, jazz. There's okay. There's jazz. All right. There's new soul. There is um, blues. I love blues. Yeah, <laughs> there's blues. Yeah. It's a mix. It's it's a mature sound. It's a mature sound. There's no trap music on there. <laughs> But trap music is, you know, well, come on, Jessica. Like, trap music, trap music is not bad. I'm going to do a trap song soon. Trap meets jazz. That's what I'm going to do. When would you release that? It'll be a single later. Okay. No, yeah, that, no, I'm looking forward to, you know, it's always, I feel like it's always nice for, um, I get that, yeah, sometimes a lot of times artists have a sound that they, that is their identity, but at the same time, because you want to ensure that you're keeping up, not necessarily like following the trend, no. But you're keeping up with what is popping, as they say. You know, like you're able to experiment. So it would be nice to definitely hear you on that. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing what that sounds like. Staying with the trend, but still finding a way to keep it balanced and exactly. being true to yourself. Exactly. I'm not going to sing a song or write a song with no lyrics in it. So, like, I'm not trying to say anything about trap music, but it still has to have a message, some sort of message, you know. So I'm not just going to write a song with two lines because I want to do trap music, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I'll just find a way to keep it balanced. And, but then if we produce a song and I don't like how it sounds or I don't think it's a good fit for me, I won't release it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm still sticking with the message. Yeah. Sticking, sticking with the theme of uh, message. What is the theme of the album? Is it going to cover a variety of issues, or pretty much is it going to be about love? What uh, What is the theme of the album? Ah, uh, it's a mix, actually. I didn't want to. Unscathed um, was very. We're talking about men so much, you know. So I didn't <laughs> want this one to be too. Do you know mm-hmm. when I was writing my song? Um track titles. I had a song called Mr. Mr. Man. I had a song called Mr. Everything. I had a song called Mr. Macho Man. And I felt that people are going to think you're obsessed with men. And so I was like, I need to look at this list again. But anyway, it's, it's, it's a mix of um, different things. The album is called Broken to Peace. Broken to Peace? Broken to Peace. Broken to Peace. Not Broken to Peace. Mm. Yes, like Peace of Mind. Right. So um, it has it has three three songs actually from the EP that I sort of re- revoiced and um, nine new songs. Cool. And then two what are the, the okay? Go ahead. Two of the songs are what? So there are like two or three songs or, or four songs that have nothing to do with men. Thank God. <laughs> so I'm really happy about that because I tend to write about men a lot. So I'm really happy about that. But, um, yeah, it's a mix of different things. But it's lyric heavy. It's lyric heavy. So it will definitely be for patient listeners. Yeah. And why the name Broken to Peace? Why the name of the album Broken to Peace? Because that's where I feel I am at right now with my life. Like, I'm just at peace with everything. And it took for me to be broken to get here. You know, in the journey, on the journey of trying to fix myself and my issues and my emotional status, I found peace. So, yeah. I like that, broken to peace. Because it's kind of like an oxymoron, you know, like you would think that being broken is a bad thing, but it's actually like you're broken. Hmm, I like that. I really, really like that. That's, that's pretty cool. So do you, do you have a tentative date on when it's going to come out, but, or it's just sometime in October we should be looking out for the album? I sent out to, um, I'm just waiting to get feedback from the digital distributors guy, but I have two dates that I'm working with. So I'm just trying to see, hear back from them to see what date flies. But it'll be in the, either in the middle of October or in the third week of October. I see. Cool. Okay, great. And are you going to be shooting, shooting any um, music videos off of any of the songs of the album? Yeah, so. Because okay. apparently nobody. <laughs> Without a video, <laughs> no, like literally, you need a video. In this, yeah, like, just to push in, the... Yeah, I think it's the biggest form of publicity. And it's just also for people to put a... put Because a, a lot of times, you know, it's very possible for people to hear your song or your songs and to say, oh, this person's an amazing artist, but they don't even know what the artist looks like. So it's like you said, yeah. it's, it's important just to put a name, a face to that name. That people keep on hearing, oh, Jessica right. Bungos, Jessica Bungos. That sounds very familiar. Who is she? You know, so that, that's awesome. Now, before we wrap it up, I want to make sure that I touch on this because... Wrapping it up? No. Oh. <laughs> I know, don't worry. No, no, I'm just saying. I have a couple more questions, but I want to let you know so that you're not saying, Shade, don't do with your question, question, just in case. But um, what I wanted to talk about is I, sp- I spoke to F.A. Oraka and I spoke to T.Y. Mix and F.A. is based in Abuja and T.Y. Mix used to be based in Abuja but he's now in Lagos. And I was speaking to him about what, for them, actually both of them, I was asking them like, what is it about the Abuja environment and the, I guess the Abuja 
climate that makes it such a very fertile ground for artists to grow and hone their skills compared to like Lagos whereby most people go to most people tend to go to blow and Abuja is most most is mostly where people go to really hone their craft and become better artists yeah I think because Abuja is not that town where you where you're going to blow I think that's why the artists play the way that they are because it gives you the opportunity to just focus on the art and there's no no distractions like Lagos I would say would be distracting for me especially with songwriting Abuja is such a peaceful place you know and there's so many creatives here so many amazing oh my goodness like I can't even tell you the level of talent in this town you know so when you're around people like that you're inspired you're inspired to write you're inspired to create you know so I think just because of the vibe here and the, the, how peaceful it is and how people are not thinking about, maybe they are on, I don't know, Sha, but people are not, <laughs> because I think they would have all been focusing on blowing, you know, but they're focusing more on creating art that's true to them and giving it to the people. So I think that's why Abidjan is the way it is. And I, I, I don't, I, there's no artist that has stayed in Abuja and blown. A lot of them have come from here and left, I think. I think. Gone to Lagos and blown from there. But I know that a lot of them started from here. I don't know if that's a good thing. I just don't feel we have the... Um, we're, we're not set up like Lagos is set up in terms of how the music industry is. We don't have the structure here. We don't have enough record labels. We don't have enough events even to perform. We don't have enough events to perform at platforms are not there. So we as creatives tend to create opportunities for ourselves. Most of the events that, that are put up here are put up by us. There's a big festival called Tamari Festival. It's put up by an artist here. Tamari Festival last year was amazing. Just most of the things, Acoustic Night, it's put up by Delfino, who's based here, who's also like a lover. It's not like Lagos where there's so many events put up by corporate organizations and things like that, you know, so we're struggling here. We're really struggling here, but it's still a good place to be creative, I think. Yeah, but in terms of being able to build that infrastructure of having in front of their events and their labels, you feel like that's one thing that can be improved in terms of the, uh, the atmosphere and the climate for Abuja musically. Definitely. That's why people are leaving to blow. Because we don't have that here. Yeah. You know, if I had a dog, everybody that said to me, what are you doing here? Move to Lagos. I'll be a billionaire. <laughs> Honestly. Like, you're wasting your way here. I don't feel like I'm wasting your way here, though. But, like, that's what people say. Like, what are you doing here? Move to Lagos. Move to Lagos. You know? Do you plan to move to no. Lagos anytime soon, though? Um, I want to do, like, a lot of back and forth first. Okay. See, I don't want to move to Lagos when I don't have anything set in stone. I don't have a manager who's bringing me work. I don't yeah. have, I'm not paying here. You know, I don't want to go there and be stuck. Yeah. So I want to just go back to do some networking, meet people, perform as much as I can, do some promotion for my work, and then just see how it goes. That's cool. That's cool. And also you touched, you touched on something about a lot of the events in, in Abuja 
that are set up are usually by artists and producers and one of the things that you even as an artist I don't know if you have stopped it but you used to do the um, Jessica Bongos and Friends event yes I used to do Jessica Bongos and Friends and I used to do um, Campers Open Mic Campers Mm -hmm. um, stood for comedians artists musicians and poets expressing real stuff I did that for about (laughs) seven months I couldn't sustain it because I was funding it myself, and it got really tough, so I had to stop. But yeah. So you, as of now, it's on hiatus. Both um yep. events are on hiatus, or campus is on hiatus because I I I, I wanted I started campus because I wanted I knew too many creatives in Abuja, and I wanted to give them platform. I wanted people in Abuja to see the level of talent here, so I started campus for that purpose. But um. I decided to focus on myself as an artist and on my own growth. I think that when I'll bring it back later when I when I'm ready and mm-hmm. when I can afford to. Jessica Bongos and Friends uh what is supposed to be an annual thing. I started it in two and fifteen, so I've only had two editions. I might still have one this year, it depends on again, funds. But now. if I don't do it would it would it would just be replaced by an album launch. Okay. Like a real life event. Yeah, yeah, that and that would work as well because yeah. you'd have people performing as well. So yeah, that that's definitely key. Funding, funding is so 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 huge. For you, when it comes to songwriting, like you always draw from your ex. Well, not you always draw. You said that you have drawn from experiences and what you call it and friends' experiences as well, just stories that you hear. But I wanted to find out, in particular, when it comes to songwriting, are you always, or the structure of your songs and just how the songs come about, are they usually melody-driven or lyric-driven, especially for someone like you who is more of a, your songs, like you said, are very lyric-heavy. So do you tend to fall into the spectrum of um, artists that write songs as being more lyric-driven than melody? I think lyric-driven more. But with making a good song, I think for, for a song... In my opinion, for a song to be really good, you have to have three things. Good lyrical content, a good melody, and good reason. So it's important. I think everything, they all go hand in hand, so you can't do one and leave leave the other one out. But lyrics definitely come first for me. And then um, the melody can be worked on later and the reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like some artists, some songwriters... Some of them are really, some people are really good at melody and lyrics. When it comes to lyrics, they don't really, that's not their strong point. And some people, it's, it's the other way and vice, you know. So that's why I wanted to just make sure that I did ask you that. Now, let's go on to the fun random questions. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, the first question is, since your background and your master's was in leisure and event management, what event that has taken place would you have loved to plan? In Nigeria? Anywhere. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I would have liked to be a part of... This is awful. There's so many, but there's some events that I watch and I just feel like, man, I can imagine what went... I can imagine what went... went, How much work went into the planning of this and how challenging it was. So I think about, like, I wasn't there, but I feel like, I think about Asha's last concert in Lagos. Hmm. And I see how it just it just seemed very very well planned, right. yeah. and it looked so so organized. And I feel like everything went according to plan. So that would be one of the well, maybe not 
I wouldn't say I wish I was I, I wish I was there. How about that? Okay. <laughs> All right, so you wish you were there. All right. Okay, that's that's a good answer. Now, before I go on to the second question, sorry? Something that I've always wanted to do that I really still want to do is, you know how, I wouldn't call it a talk show, but like a show where you can help people. Like, I don't know if you know, there's a show called Surprise Surprise that they do on ITV. I don't know if you've ever seen that Mm-mm. show. No. But that's other show. There are people who are deserving of surprises or who have been having a really rough time in life mm-hmm. and just get and then they come through for them and they give them, you know, incredible surprises and they, you know, give them homes or help them get jobs or send them a vacation, things like that. I've always wanted to a talk show like that. I hope that I could do something like that at some point in my life. I hope that I can afford to do something like that, like a show like that that's sustainable where we can we can find people in Nigeria that are deserving, uh, work hard, but haven't found a break, and, 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 and help them. That's good. And before I go to my second question, I, I didn't talk about your musical background. Like I said, of course, your dad has been a major influence, and but you also have been influenced by genres such as the old school Motown, soul, R&B jazz, gospel, alternative country music. You also have influences such as Joe Scott, Lauren Hill, Etta James, Nina Simone, Sade. So out of the musical influences that have been instrumental in making you the artist that you are now, aside your dad, who would you pick as someone that you would like to collaborate with that is, I guess, still alive? Or even maybe the person is dead, but which one would you, which artist would you say, oh, I would have, I would love to collaborate with that person? I love Jill Scott so much. Jill Scott, I love her. Love to to do something with her, and I would love for I'm very old school, so <laughs> songwriters. There's some songwriters that I I wish I could meet and work with. Babyface is one of them. Mm. Robinson from like way back. <laughs> I love Sophie Robinson. So those are definitely some people that I um yeah that I would love to collaborate with. So second question. What song can you listen to repeatedly without getting bored? Hmm. Wow. Anything from the 90s, 90s R&B. There's a song by New Edition. Um, um, is it? Can, is it um, can you send it right now, that one? Love that song, yes. I can listen to that song forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing song. <laughs> Nice <laughs> R&B, but in particular, new edition. Can you sound the ring? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you watch the biopic? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I think it's just. I think just watching it just takes time, especially for people who I guess maybe they're like way younger than us that got to you know thinking that new edition is yeah. like well, you know like it was. Able, I'm glad I was able to reintroduce them to their songs because and it's also amazing the beauty of syncs. And just when you have a song on a TV show or in a movie, how that affects streaming, how that affects purchases, it's just amazing. So I hope that, you know, you definitely get that opportunity with your records as well. But someone hears and like, oh, you know, I remember hearing Jessica's song. So anywho, let me go on. I hope, yeah, you hope so too. It's just amazing. It's just really, um, I was speaking to um, Kocho Koye and he works for a rights management company. And one of the things that he touched about is that it's always amazing to see how artists, their streaming numbers and the purchases always increase whenever their songs get, especially if it's a really great song, gets featured on a popular TV show or 
a movie or even an, even an, even in an ad. So it's just it just goes to the importance of um I guess doing great records that are timeless. Moving on, would you like to be famous or rich? <laughs> I don't I don't want to be famous. It's it is like a job. So I think the numbers the numbers matter more to me. Which is what's the, what's money, right? <laughs> No, the number of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Auntie, please clarify that statement. <laughs> Let me just honor your number. Like, I want to be able to walk into a grocery store and just live a normal life. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just go out, whatever. I don't really, I don't want to be famous. I don't care about that stuff. I, this is a job, you know. But you would want to be just nice like. To go ahead. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to find that balance, you know, because how you, how people going to know you, you know, if you're mm-hmm. not famous. Mm-hmm. I'm going to music, you know, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to be fear. I'm not covering my face in, in my videos, but I'm not doing any of that stuff, yeah. you know, but truly, 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 I don't want, I don't want to be at all. People even, people that are really close to me, they even ask me why I'm doing music because my personality is actually very, very, very private, very, I'm a bit of an introvert. I don't like, to, I don't like attention. I don't like, I don't like you know, taking pictures, being recorded, <laughs> things like that. So this is like the perfect career path for me, you know. So it's ironic that you're, doing, you're a musician, but I think I mean I think maybe like you fall on the on the spectrum of people who are introverted extroverts, you know. So probably that's. I don't think what I am. You don't I make think a so? conscious no, I make a conscious effort to be an extrovert. Like I have to psych myself up if I know I'm going out and I'm going to meet people. I have to. I'm very very socially awkward. I have to psych myself up before I leave my house. Like, oh, okay, so this is what you're going to say. <laughs> it's how you start the conversation. Yeah. You know, I want to be alone all the time. I'd rather be alone. Mm-hmm. So, but because of, of, of this um, music thing, I don't really have a choice. You know, I'm going to have, I was, I was at Coldstone the other day, <laughs> and two people in front of me, like, Jessica Bowser! And I was like, wait, I don't know who are these people. And I was cracking my brain. I was like, is it primary school? Is it secondary school? I was cracking my brain. And then the guy said, oh, I saw you perform at Fusion Festival year seven. And I was like, all right, I'm a singer. I <laughs> and then the woman behind me was like, oh, I love you so much. I saw you at a wedding last week. You were so amazing. And I was like, oh, my goodness. That's so awesome. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's very, I, I forget, it's very uncomfortable for me personally, but then this is, you know, we have, this is the life that I've chosen, chosen the career rather than, because I hope my life stays normal. This is the career that I've chosen. So, yeah, okay. it's, yeah, it's what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. But just speaking speaking quickly to your comment about your, you hope your life stays normal. Honestly speaking, I feel like once once you, once you say you want to do something in the public eye, it's always, always, always going to be so difficult to have a normal life. You can try to create a normal life within your life, but for the most part, like you said, you're going to go to a restaurant or you're just going to go out like, oh, Jessica, you know, so it's like, that. I guess the whole concept of like having a normal life, Jessica, really kind of like went out the door at the moment you, <laughs> the moment you said, you know, you wanted to become a professional. So basically, what I'm hoping that to pay for that, for that having not not having that normal life, the numbers have to be right. Yeah. You know what I mean, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I yeah. Yeah, dealing with all of that and then still suffering. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't really get you. I don't really get you. All right. So, yep. um, my next question is, 
your favorite song from Nora Jones because one of your musical influences is Nora Jones. So what song would you do you love from her? I like oh so many but I like I better feel I saw the song don't know I I didn't come. You know that song? Yeah. And it's funny, it's funny, Nora Jones is just one of, she reminds me of Sade in terms of how she just comes and goes. She just says, you know, I released this, take a chip pill, you know. I have no more life. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like, Nora Jones grocery store, Beyonce cannot. Yeah, I see. I see that. I see that, but <laughs> but, but but even then, you your own whether it's normal or abnormal, your own is just that the zeros must be plenty, <laughs> regardless. Because you know, I don't is chilling. She could even be on a yacht right now, cause the numbers are right. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. just doing her, and it's working for her. I get that. I get. That. I totally. I totally get. That. Yeah. Final question yeah. is: If you could kill off any character from a current TV show, who would it be? Hmm. You didn't ever ask me if I if I watch TV shows. Sorry, Jessica, <laughs> do you watch TV shows? I'm joking. Oh no, no, no I know, I know yes. you're joking, but I'm, I'm just, I'm going to preface no, that. I, I don't watch shows really, really like. Okay, Game Game of Thrones. I I, I haven't seen that, but I hear everybody dies. Don't Game let don't anyway. let don't, don't let the world hear that you have not seen Game of Thrones. I think they will chop I off your head. Know. Like it's it's abnormal for people not to watch Game of Thrones. I like I only watched season one. Like, I think some parts of season one. And as I was telling someone, it's one of those shows, like, I just really can't get into besides the music that is played on the show that is just, I mean, like, the theme. It's just great. But it's like, you might feel Harry Potter and um, Lord of the Rings, all these long, it's just, yeah, it's so exhausting. But continue, Sha. Yeah. Yeah. But I had everyone dies anyway, so I wouldn't kill enough anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to kill anybody. Oh. Who is that? No. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I'm man. Trying to think of what shows I watch at the moment. I'm I'm only watching. I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm only watching This Is Us at the moment, and I love everybody on that show. Oh, I see. Yeah. So can you can you repeat with another question? I feel like I bombed on this. Oh question. no, but it's not. No, seriously, it's not like a we're not doing jump. It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's fine. You know, like you're like a really sweet, kind person. You know, I don't want to kill people. All right, no worries. It's fine. It's cool. No worries. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, okay, what is what is someone that you could save? The person died on the show, but it's fine. No worries. We just, we'll just establish that Jessica is like a very sweet person who doesn't like to kill people. Now. Yeah. I killed a cockroach the other day, and I was so sad. Because I, I was like, what if she has babies somewhere that are oh. waiting for her to come home? Clearly, I'm more Nigerian than you are. So, you know, <laughs> just going to walk away from that comment. Because literally, car coaches, like, really, I think you should, are you, you know, have you considered joining, you know, I always wonder how to pronounce this organization, is it PETA or PETA, I think it's more PETA, PETA, have you considered joining them, being a family member? You haven't, okay, put that, put that, put down, put down 2017 plan to do this before the year ends. <laughs> killing car coaches. Alright, alright, now, as we come to the close of the show, I believe that, for me especially, I believe that you are definitely well suited to give advice to someone who is trying to make the transition from either a full-time job or a part-time job and who um, is, I guess, very talented in music and is trying to make that shift. Because like you said, you used to be a caterer 
and then you said, okay, I'm going to switch over to music and con- actually begin to pursue that. So what advice would you give to someone that is considering that? Um, I'll just say, well, first of all, you have to be smart before you make the decision, the transition. transition. Um, I had savings from my catering. So I was sure I could handle, you know, a couple months to a year of no pay from anywhere. No money coming from anywhere um, before I decided to, to to focus on music full time. So it would be great if if you have a job now, you can start by making sure you have savings from that job. Hopefully, it's a good enough job where you could save, and then um, maybe keep working for a while and do the music thing on the side. And then when you're sure that, because I have to be real, that it's tough out there. It's not easy to make money as an indie artist. I don't want to use the word up-and-coming artist. As an indie artist, it's not easy to make money. <laughs> the first, I, I didn't get paid for my first three years. My first paid gig was last year. You know, mm-hmm. I think last year? Yeah, last year. Yeah, so it's not easy. But I think if you're a passion-driven person, somehow, somehow it works out. And if you just keep working, keep working and don't be discouraged. Um, you'll be okay. There'll be days when you want to throw in the towel. But remember that, you know, everybody, every whiskey, every tea savage, every tubaba, they all have a story and their story is probably similar to yours. So just believe in your talent and keep working. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. And just I want to quickly touch on something. So you, any of your clients, have they reached out to you to say, oh my gosh, you now sing? People that you used to cater for? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, but, like, oh, so this is what, this is what you ditched us for. I have some clients <laughs> who still make me, who still make me cater for them or who, who, um, who don't understand why I, I'm not doing both. But I, I just feel like everyone is different to each their own. I'm not a multitasker when it comes to work. I like to focus all my energy on one thing and watch it grow because I feel like if I do both, one will suffer. And um, so I just decided to do music full-time and try and, you know, nurture it and give it, give it my all. Now, I also collaborations. I didn't talk about Nigerians that I wanted to collaborate with. I really love Bez. I love Bez. And I love, um, I love Asha and I love Praise and I love singing. <laughs> so yes, I hope that one day I can do something with with either either, either, one, of either one of them. That's cool. I, I hope that even if it's not this year, sometime next year. Okay, definitely yeah. looking, definitely looking, out, looking forward to that for you. Now to connect with you, people can find you through your website. Yes, Jessica Bongos Music. Oh, Jessica, just sorry, Jessica Yeah. And you are on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, uh, Jessica Bongos. Yeah. Okay, talk about branding. Branding, too bad. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> well, thank you for being <laughs> Thank you for Thank you for being <laughs> Why are you chuckling? <laughs> That's because true now. So I know. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's so easy. You know, like sometimes you yeah. have, people have like weird, like hard names to come across. And it's like, for example, my name, Shadi Nokonfon, people kind of like say it. But I'm like, that is the name that you find me across every social media platform. So I, I, I respect, I respect the branding, the thought that's put into that's making sure that's easy for people to like find you. Just type in Jessica Bongos. Um, well, I wanted to say thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I had fun. 
I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm looking forward to your album. And you said that it's going to be released sometime either the middle of October. And it's called Broken to Peace. Yeah. That is the show. Thank you for listening, everyone. I'm Shade Anozier. And as always, you can connect with me at Shade Nonconform. Till next week. Bye. The SNC podcast is produced by Shade Anozier and Tommy Wafaumi. To ensure you don't miss subsequent episodes, you can follow the show on its various social media handles at the SNC Podcast. So that's T-H-E-S-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And that name is universal across Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Facebook, iTunes, and Mixcloud. Alternatively, you can follow me on Twitter at Shade Nonconform. Till next week, cheers.